You're listening to an iFanboy special edition podcast, Superman vs. the Elite. Listening to an iFanboy special edition podcast on Superman versus the Elite. My name is Paul Montgomery, and joining me, the iFanboy animation squad, Mr. Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. Mr. Christopher Neesman. Hello there. And Ryan Haupt. Everybody else seems to be saying hello, so I will say hello as well. Greetings and salutations. Aren't you fancy there, Ryan? I just, well, usually I'd say like, hey, or howdy, or something, but y'all said hello, so whatever, hello, it's fine. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about the 14th film in the DC Universe animated original film series, which they're changing the name of, just to throw us off. I think it starts probably with the next film, but they're changing the name to something else. Earth Mightiest Heroes? That seems to be a popular name. <laughs> Superman versus the Elite, <laughs> which is based on Action Comics number 775. And has everybody read that issue? Yes. I read it this week. I hadn't read it before then. I Chris, was... It, it's, it's funny. It's, uh, it's a comic that I bought because it um, it looked important whenever it came out. I don't actually remember reading it, but uh, but I have uh, I have dug it out just for this. I didn't read it before the uh, before I watched the movie though. Well, but I do well, have it on you hand. brought your textbook home. You just didn't do the assignment. <laughs> yes, and the dog ate my homework, uh, Teacher Paul. So just in case anyone hasn't either read the issue or know the context of the story, this uh, was an issue that came out in two thousand one in in March. And it was a response to the era of, of comics in which The Authority was probably the most popular or most buzzworthy book at the time, which was a Warren Ellis Wildstorm book, which, can, which was about a bunch of heroes who were kind of modern and sarcastic. It was and anti-heroes. They were anti-heroes, and they, they, they flew around in a ship uh, in the bleed, and they, they monitored the world. They, they spent their time taking down dictators and writing society's ills rather than stopping bank robbers. They were extreme. They were extreme. Oh. They were ultra-violent. Brian yeah. Hitch's art changed the way comics looked. And it but, was they were well, but they were extreme and well-written. And yeah, I'll, go, yeah, I'll not, go ahead. Not mm-hmm. to say it was, it was bad. It was a great comic, but it was oh, very awesome. popular. I love the authority. So the, the idea that these were the way heroes should be, these kind of ultra-violent you know, anti-heroes, really struck a chord with, with Joe Kelly, who wrote this issue of Action Comics in response, in which Superman faces off against the Elite, which is a barely, barely disguised version of the Authority, and shows them uh, why he's Superman and they are not. Uh, so this is the most, re- most recent film, and I wanted to start off by saying I noticed for the first time that Andrea Romano did not direct the actors in this movie. Oh, did, she didn't. I didn't see Laura Montgomery in... Well, Laura Montgomery hasn't, hasn't done every film, but Andrea Romano has done basically every major Warner Brothers DC production, uh, at least that Bruce Timm's been involved with since, since you know, going back to Batman. And she wasn't the uh, voice casting director or, or you know, voice director. 
That's what, she does a talking head in the in the making of, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah, and if you don't, people don't know, realize the I didn't director that. directs the animation, but the voice director directs the actors. So there's actually two directors on an animated film. Oh, okay. Uh, so she's actually the one who, who directs the performances. Uh, so it was interesting. I kind of it kind of threw me for a loop because I always just used to seeing her name. Not that it, not that I think it mattered, but it was just interesting to to know to note. Um, but basically, this, the, the plot of this story is the, similar to this comic in that. You know, the elite show up. They're these new heroes. One of the lead is a Manchester Black who is from England, and they are ultra-violent. They, they decide that Superman isn't going far enough in letting, you know, he, he stops heroes, puts them in jail, they get out again. So they decide that's no good. They're going to start killing heroes, and the world finds them to be awesome and Superman to be passe, and they, ha- they come into conflict. So that's basically the plot of the uh, film. Um, Paul wrote a review on iFanboy. You really liked it. Paul, why don't you tell us? Uh, yeah, I, I like this one a lot. I thought what was what was kind of refreshing about this is that they're not trying to cram a whole graphic novel or a longer run into their minimal screen time that they get. Even then, week. it was I think ten minutes longer than the usual film. But this was a uh, seventy-six minutes, um, according to the fine people of Wikipedia. But uh, but yeah, so this was taking it, it's it's longer than a regular single issue. I don't know how many pages the original "What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, and the American Way" is. Um, I did read it right before I watched it, so it was kind of cool to compare and contrast the two. But so uh, and the other thing that's cool, um, like uh, Batman Under the Red Hood, uh, this was written by the guy who wrote the actual comic, the source material. So that was Judd Winnick. In Batman's case, and in this case, it was it was Joe Kelly. So that was that was really cool to have the actual writer do it. Um, and in a way, they get to revisit things. And I listened to the the audio commentary that he did with Eddie Braganza, and uh, he talked about how he wished that he could go back in time and tell 2001 Joe Kelly, you know, wouldn't it be neat if you did this and you could tweak it this way? And that might be kind of interesting. And so he got to adjust a few things that may not have worked out as well in, in the original story. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really liked it. This had, this, it was a story that had room to breathe. Um, in the original comic, you sort of start in medias res with the elite already sort of on the scene and they've killed a giant uh, kaiju monkey thing, um, <laughs> which is not in this. There's a, it's a, there's a different giant monster, but it's not a giant monkey because that's sort of too absurd to do in a, a direct-to-video to kind of thing. Um, at least that was their explanation. But uh, yes, yeah, so they, Superman actually gets to go through an arc in his relationship with the elite at first He's happy to have someone help him, you know, fight crime, and then he gradually becomes wary of their tactics. And by the end, they get to this full-blown confrontation, and things get kind of scary. So I was I was really impressed with the the arc that they had in this story, and they could tell a longer tale without it feeling shoehorned. Chris, you, you having not read the book, what did you think? Uh, I, I I enjoyed most of it. The uh, the animation style uh, threw me off a little bit because I've become. You know, I, I know that DC has been, uh, or Warner has been, kind of mixing up the animation styles over the last few years. But um, every time one of these comes out, you know, I kind of yearn for the the, the Bruce Tim animation of uh, uh, Batman and, and Justice League. So it took a little uh, bit to get used to the uh, the anime style of the of the animation. But as far as the story goes, um, it it felt like you know, a a true Superman story of this is what makes Superman what he is. It's like, it's almost like all-star Superman of, um, taking all of the, the kind of core ideas and values and asking, you know, and 
you know Clark or, or or Superman has to ask himself the question of am I this generation's hero? Am am I the hero that this world wants anymore? And uh, I really like how how the story was kind of um, pitting two generations against each other because you know in a lot of ways that's what the turn of the century felt like for for a lot of you know I, I think a lot of observers was you know the 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 new versus old that, that I think every when every generation kind of meets the next it's it's kind of that mixing of oil and water and how do they actually interact and that's kind of what I felt here was okay we have the Superman that everyone knows and and loves, kind of like an uncle. Well, now here's the you know um, the, the cooler cool uncle. Co- well, the cool the cool cousin from out of town, and and how do they how do they interact? And and we find out that while the you know the cool cousin from out of town is fun and exciting, it's it's the the cool uncle that that you always loved is really the one that that is that is better for you i i, I think is you know kind of how i felt about it interestingly but, uh, it's totally similar to kingdom come which very is, much yeah. which was a few years before this uh issue came out but that was i think in the minds of a lot of people apparently at dc <laughs> at the time is our is our heroes too old-fashioned and i think that a lot of creators went and said no they're not they're awesome here's why um Ryan, well, you- well, DC, sorry, to, uh, okay. DC's characters, I think, had fought the stigma of being kind of stodgy and and old world for a long time in comparison to Marvel. And so I think that they were kind of farming on those those feelings of, yeah, Superman, you know, may be old fashioned, but he's still awesome. And um, then you get a guy like Joe Kelly that, that kind of takes that idea and, and shows off that, you know, if Superman really did get pissed off, he would be the baddest man in the valley. And, uh, you know, and, and this comic and, and movie showed, showed that off a little bit. Now, Ryan, you're a young kid. You must, you must prefer Manchester Black to uh, Superman. I'm barely younger than Paul, <laughs> but I am younger. That's true. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I'm a huge Superman fan and always have been. And I actually read The Authority before I ever read this issue of Superman and became a huge fan of The Authority before ever actually reading this issue of Superman. And I, I have read this issue and, and like it quite a bit. I liked that this movie didn't drop us in in media res since we're being all uh, alliterative with our, our word usage. But at the same tool. time, I thought that the build... Yeah, no, it's, it's good, but I just thought the build-up to the conflict was a little slow, and the animation style... I've, I'm a huge fan of Doug Mankey's art, and I was a little disappointed. I recognize why they couldn't use his style, because there are a lot of lines, but they did such a good job adapting Mazzucchelli's line work into an, a style that could be animated that I was a little disappointed that they didn't do that with this movie, and I thought that the way they did animate things... Everyone looked a little overly simplistic and and cartoonish, for lack of a better word. I yeah, know that's not a great. Way I to actually describe agree. It. I agree with that. I think my biggest yeah. gripe with the film was the animation style. I don't know. I was not. I don't not know if it's because it it did look simple, in especially the, the wide shots. The, the, like suddenly a lot of the, the detail disappeared. I don't know if that was the style or if that was a, a you know economic decision <laughs> or what. I don't want. I don't, I don't want to assume. For, I don't for, for me, when when I enjoy the animation of their weekly series young justice yeah much more than than their their feature presentation that something is is off there 
And no, I'm, I'm with you. I, and I the they plot, took a I mean, step back. Yeah. One of the plot points of, of this story is that there's a cartoon that Superman has sanctioned Which and awesome. voiced, I think, where it's, that was funny. it's super old school. Yeah, it's slapstick. It's very silly. And I, I thought that there needed to be a bigger divergence between the two animation <laughs> styles because even in the, the quote-unquote real world, Superman still has a chin that uh, defies... I mean, he'd be out of his Kryptonian instantly with a chin... That size because nobody, no human has a chin that big. I thought that I think animation's kind of like the score in a film, or the style's kind of like the score in a film, or coloring in comics. And that if, if you don't notice it, uh, it's usually doing its job unless unless it's really good, then you notice it for being really good. But if you notice it for being bad, then you're you're detracting from the story. Um, which to me, I, I kept noticing. Oh, I don't. Ooh, and now yeah. it took me out of it for a second. But you know, that's it wasn't it wasn't bad. Just it wasn't great. And you know, they they did a pretty good job of being great animation house in general. But um, ultimately, ultimately, I really enjoyed this story, and I thought it was a, a worthy adaptation of the comic. And and yeah, the animation was one issue I had, and the only other major issue I had was that Superman's reaction time seemed to be completely variable, and his power set almost seemed to be inconsistent. Like he just, there were times where things happened, and I'm like, Superman has super speed. He could have handled that situation a, a little better, which is a really nitpicky thing, but when people's lives are on the line, I felt like I was I was justified in complaining about it. They actually they actually it, call that out in the uh, in the audio commentary. Eddie, Eddie oh, Braganza really? is like uh, when uh, it's when um, the first person dies at the hands of Atomic Skull, who apparently was originally supposed to be Parasite, but I guess they I guessed Parasite when I first saw the person come all shriveled up, and I was like, "Ooh, it's going to be Parasite!" And then I saw purple, and I was like, "I'm right!" And then it was Atomic Skull. Yeah, it's Atomic Skull. It was it was a <laughs> and it makes more sense if you it, like that that death at the end, uh, the Baxter character where. His son is holding him. Like I was like, yeah. wouldn't he? Shouldn't he be disintegrating like the other characters who were, yeah. you know, turned ash? And so, if you think, that, you I know, that was originally the, um, Parasite, then he would just be, you know, like leached husk. of all his yeah. So it would make more sense. But anyways, that was a last minute decision, I guess, that they wanted to use Atomic Skull instead of Parasite because um, I guess I I'm worried about Jones Parasite over exposure. Right. Go ahead. Where Rick Jones is protected from a, a nuclear blast by one scrawny scientist. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, they, 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 when, when the first cartoon science, Ryan, cartoon science. When it, I when allowed it, it. I was okay with it. When Atomic Skull first, you know, like ashifies uh, that that. We're gonna ignore that. I just used the word ashify. Um, that 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 guy uh, in the beginning, um, Eddie begins is like, why didn't Superman swoop in and save him? And and Joe Kelly was like, well, um, it was a pacing thing, and we just wanted to show what the bad guy could do, and yeah, um, just caught up in the moment. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so there's there's some pacing stuff, and, and you know, I guess I liked the the animation style a little bit more than you guys, in, in that I didn't hate it, but um, I didn't hate it either. I yeah, but but uh, there's I mean the most it, noticeable. I think was that big uh the the bio mechanical monster the like the big scorpion thing whatever we're calling that yeah it's fighting in like between these two sets of buildings in like this big like expanse of dirt like it doesn't look like a city street at all it's like this yeah i don't know this the, the weird so the the setting for that one was kind of odd call it my <clears throat> nationalistic pride i i think that our animation styles here are pretty good i don't see why we have to ape 
Japanese. I wouldn't say that styles. this is anime style. Yeah, a lot of a lot of it is. A lot of it's very. I, I see what Chris is saying in terms of the emotiveness of the characters and and yeah, I I see what Chris is saying. I I just I think there are other of these DC animation features that uh, lean more towards the the Eastern if you think style. Back to the than Batman one. one. Those I mean that was anime. The, the well, Batman. yeah, that was. I mean, the, I mean, they've gone like, yeah. yeah, both anthologies. They, actually, the the Green Lantern one as well is also more heavily. But they had, gone, they had gone to Japanese animation studios for those, you know. It's, right. So I don't know what they did with this. Well, and then a lot of things that we consider Western animation are actually done in you know oh, sure. Eastern countries. So it's it's based on Western <laughs> character <Shit>. models, sweatshops. <laughs> Which, well, really bring Scott. McLeod in on the brain trust for animation. So let's let's talk about the end. Now the end, the whole movie leads up to to the big fight between the elite and Superman, where they've decided they're, they're going to take over. Their old heroes are done. They're, they've they're going to kill Superman and be done with him. And and Superman basically cuts loose. And as you, spoilers ahoy, he uh, kills the elite one by one in very horrifying ways. And Chris mentioned earlier that you know if Superman really got mad, he'd be the baddest guy in the block. Well, this is the moment where you see that. You know, it's true. If he got really angry, everyone would be screwed, and it's and it's terrifying. I remember in the comic, it's really terrifying. Uh, Doug Monkey did a really good job with, with with making Superman look unhinged. Yeah, um, and then it's revealed, of course, he didn't actually kill everybody. He, he faked it all, but it pr- appropriately terrified everyone into thinking he did. So, um, to me, the to me, the bigger than the animation, the biggest disappointment in the movie, and I didn't I didn't dislike the movie. I liked it quite a bit. I'd probably put it in the middle upper middle part of the pack of movies. Um, is that we had a long build-up. They added a lot more to the story with because again, like Paul said, it's only been one issue. They were they were adapting, so they added a lot of story. But it, they got to the end and it just sort of ended. Mm-hmm. And I thought the, if the biggest part of the movie is this ending part, uh, maybe that should have been the part expanded on as opposed to everything else. It just we got to the end. It lasted. It wasn't a super short scene, but it wasn't super long either. And then the movie just kind of ends. And I thought uh, for a sixty-minute build-up. Uh, to, to just end it right after that scene was was a bit disappointing. I thought I wanted more out of that, and I didn't quite feel the terror as much as I thought I would. Maybe because I knew it was coming. Uh, glowing but, red eyes. No, it was good. It just, I just thought, you know, if you got all that extra time to let the story breathe, why not use that on the, you know, the the, the big part of the story rather than the, the 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 beginning? But it was that's a that's a relatively minor problem considering just me wanting more good stuff than anything else. I, I hear what you're saying, and for. Me- the the problem with the final battle was Superman's powers seemed so inconsistent throughout the entire story that I didn't really know what he was capable of. Like he's Superman. He's what you, yeah, no, he's Superman. Okay, so but, for example, I, give us an example. Uh, for example, we talked about the opening scene with Atomic Skull, where his reaction time allows a person to die. But then there's the awesome scene with the fighter jets coming into Bialya, where he. He's moving faster than the human eye can perceive and being totally awesome. And so as the final battle scene approaches, I don't know which Superman I'm going to get at that point. And I have no problem with the variable power set of Superman dependent on the story, but I at least kind of want it to be consistent within a single story. And so coming into the final battle, I'm like, well, I have no idea what Superman is. Well, because he, he was, he, he, you know, there's Superman is, he's like all of us. You, do, you, do you always run as fast in every situation at the same speed? Yes. I mean, you. Sometimes you run faster when there's an emergency. You run even faster, and when you're when you're pretending to be a murderer, you run even faster. Um, well, ever, you know, I, I, I think I think it's I think it's the old the old question of how strong is Superman, mm-hmm. and the answer is yeah, as strong as he needs to be. Right. You know, I know but I and, to... and so it's... he also he pulls his punches sometimes. 
Yeah, yeah. he's he so doesn't he's always full, full unleash. The movie, he's not going full speed. He's going half speed, which is what. But you people, want. a lot of the time, because of it, yeah, I'm well, rooting for the. Can't elite. save everybody. Come on, Ryan. It's no. it's, it's all it's all there. To, you know, and we will nitpick that, but it's all there to, to serve the story. And and I I understand that. It's, you know, it's uh, Superman can kind of be the the golden handcuffs for a writer because you can do anything. It's like Flash. You have to depower him at some point. Yeah. Yeah, you can do anything. You know, it, as predictable as the ending was, and you know, if you're a comic book fan or Superman fan, you saw the the ending coming from a million miles away. I I liked it, and uh, you know, it really just you know kind of hammered home that that Superman's you know greatest quality is 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 his moral compass, uh, and that you know just was kind of harped on over and over in this. My only my only fear is that you know this was. Uh, this was a feature that was based on a comic that is is you know ten years old and and those you know more than ten years old now and those turn of the turn of the century comics were definitely of an era and of a feeling. Did you think that that hindered the movie at all? That did it feel dated in its you know in its theme at all to you guys? Manchester Black is kind of is kind of goofy. I mean, purple hair and. You know the Union Jack shirt and everything. It's not. It wasn't a sh- no, that wasn't a shirt. That was a tattoo. It's, it's a tattoo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. It would have been less hokey if it was just a T-shirt, well, right? I mean, I don't know. I didn't find a good. I think in an era where people are still debating Superman and his relevance, you know, there's still that. I there's still that question of is he is he going to work? Because DC bungled that whole operation with the reboot, and mm. and he's still not. He you know except for. Random issues of action comics where Morrison hits it on the, on the nose. He's still not the, the mainstream hero that DC would like him to be, and I think it's still a relevant question on this day and age. Where well, you know, if you go in any comic commentary community, except for the main Superman fans, you still still people calling him dumb and old fashioned. And Paul deals with that enough every time he mentions, talks about Superman. You know, <laughs> it's pretty annoying. Right. So I think it's 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 still a question, you know, because it's he's still Superman, and to some people that's just not cool. Those people are stupid. Yeah. I, I, I think I think we I think we'd be remiss if if we didn't talk about some of the the voice acting in here and I, I think that uh, I, I really liked uh, Lois was one of the high points for she me. She was great. I thought she was fantastic, Lois. Lois. Very good. Um, Molly Perrette, she's on NCIS. NCIS, she's, yeah. Uh, she should always be Lois. Yeah, everyone, I was. Everyone who voices Lois should have to smoke a lot of cigarettes and drink bourbon before they record. Yeah, and I just <laughs> I liked how you know like you know plucky and sly she is i don't know like she's she she's a, she's she's constantly challenging clark and superman and she's not a damsel lois wears here. the pants it was very apparent lois wears the pants yeah and sly is a very good word for it because it wasn't overtly aggressive but it was just enough of an edge that it really undercut george newburn's more farm boyish superman yeah but also that, she was served, you know she didn't agree with him all the time so she also led him to doubt himself a bit as well when you know uh, yeah, there's, I, I see what I see what I see what Ryan's saying. Whereas, like, there's sometimes where you you could do Lois and you can go sort of overboard, and you're like overboard, and you're like, why does he even put up with that? You know, like, yeah. why, like she's <laughs> yeah. she's so antagonistic towards him that why would he you know be attracted to her? But here you can definitely see she's. I mean, she's really she's insightful. She challenges him, um, and well, she, in their conversation right before the final battle where. Again, Sean already mentioned, but spoilers, she expresses doubt. And I mean, to me, that's one of the most powerful moments of their relationship in this entire film, because it's like, wow, 
you're together, you clearly have a great fondness and affection and admiration of this man, but you have doubt that he can handle this situation. And that's that's a huge part of their relationship and I thought really informed Superman's attitudes going into the, the final fight. Connor, you just you just read the, the issue, right? Like you Um looked. I I didn't I, I, I browsed through it. I didn't read okay, it. Okay, all right. So it's just but. me who read it recently. I was trying to remember I have it right in front of me right here. Okay, I was trying to remember if in the issue they show you what his letter to her says. Let me look. I could um, be I could be totally wrong in this. I felt like in in reading the comic, we don't see what he'd written, and we just assume that it's sort of like a you know goodbye or something, and you know I'm we look, don't know what happens. While I'm looking, did anybody else notice that it, they really pushed the envelope, the PG thirteen envelope, in the language? Yeah, yes. you yeah. know, and I always I'm not a prude, and yes, you are. That's what uh, that's what prudes okay, say. I, that's totally what prudes say. I, I <laughs> not to be an asshole, but I always ask, no, you know, I always, I, I always ask why. What's you know? Did they did they need to? What's the point? And you know, if they want to make it PG thirteen, that's fine. But you know, I, I always kind of need a reason to to push it more adult than it needs to be. Also, I mean, I I, I hear what you're saying, Chris, but I think that the elite they're supposed to be edgy characters. And, and one way you make characters edgy is by having them say four-letter words. And Manchester Black, I had no problem with the way that he spoke, and I thought that him using swear words a lot was fine. Um, but the other thing I noticed as far as the PG-13 rating goes is, do you guys remember that there was a whole discussion in Superman Doomsday where Superman can't like outwardly bleed or whatever? Oh, I haven't seen that movie since... since. It first probably first came out. Okay. So there was this there was this debate based on the whole like John Byrne bioelectric field of Superman's invulnerability. The Superman couldn't. He did bleed, bleed in the movie though. And I remember that in this movie he did. But no, but he, he go bled back Superman Doomsday. Not a, not as much as he bled in this no, movie. No, but he did bleed. Seeing, I remember that was one of the first selling points they showed in the clip reel when I saw it in WonderCon well, back when it before it came out. It was that okay? They so it. he didn't bleed as much as he bled. What in are the you comp- talking about, Ryan? There's an issue some uh, at some point, and I didn't actually do any research on this, but there was a there was a an argument at some point over whether or not Superman could bleed on screen, and he bled a lot on this movie, and that was the only thing I was trying to say, Connor, How does before this you attack to, me. To Lois? Well, it, it relates to the PG-13 rating. Oh, okay, he's bleeding a lot in this comic, but he, Paul, we do not yeah. see the note. So I thought there was, a, I think it's, a, and we see it, we see what the note says here. It says like you know, believe, always, always believe, something like that. Dumb. Shouldn't need an editor in that one. Dumb. Yeah, it's gram- grammatically not correct. Or at least a comma. It was, all, it was written in all yeah, caps. Yeah, believe, oh. comma, always believe. And if Ron was here, he complain about the font. So the Well, font. it's about the sentiment, okay? And he's used <laughs> to... Do not write sentimental things in all caps, Paul, because it sounds like yelling. I, I wonder really when he's turning in his drafts. Maybe he was yelling. If autocorrect is even fast enough no, how would the computer <laughs> to deal with him, so... You don't really like this movie. Words a Let's get back to without breaking the keyboard. <laughs> I really like what, what, what I like about this movie is that, like some of the best films we've had, like uh, Crisis on Earth Two and Under the Red Hood, is it dealt with a much more philosophical, emotional sure. issue. It wasn't just tw- sixty minutes of fighting. This is the what is the relevance of Superman? Just like Red but Hood. What, what makes what makes a hero? Or yeah, or Those. like or sons, or or the uh, the the nihilism of of, Earth, of two Earths. You know, I think so. When they really find a movie that that can turn on a issue. And then they can explore that. It makes it even better. I, I really like that part of it in that it wasn't just about Superman fighting these guys. It was about Superman doubting himself and having to prove that he's still relevant. I thought that was really what the strong suit of the movie was. I thought it was about how we shouldn't let British people over here <laughs> corrupt our youth. 
Speaking, and inspire their cosplay. You know what the best part of the movie was? It was the opening credits. It's, I was going to talk about that. That's oh, amazing. Oh, they were so good. It was sort of punk rock. It was. It mm-hmm. showed a bunch of old. Oh, it's a lot. Animation. It, had the, it had the Fleischer Superman. It had the like the Super Friends Superman. I um, imagine that Kieran Gillen really would have liked them. It was fantastic. It I didn't was know, all I like hot pink and. I didn't yellow. know what I was looking at because I, I and because uh, I'd heard there was a cartoon in it, a Superman cartoon within the cartoon, and I thought that maybe I was watching that, uh, and then I realized what it was, and I thought this. Well, is... I thought it really, it really set up the whole like maybe it's maybe it's dumb and I'm getting it all wrong, but the whole Manchester Black, you know, Britpop kind of mentality. Like I just, it felt very retro and and bright colors, but in a kind of irreverent way. I loved it. I loved it. Great. Mm-hmm. So everyone, did everyone enjoy it? Was it? Uh... Was it good? Was it uh, Connor? Do you want to know what a lady thought? Yeah. So what did a lady think? Ladies so, um, watch cartoons. They do. I make them. Oh, Just one that at makes a time. Sense. My girlfriend. And uh, <laughs> bring, bring God. I'm not gonna go there. So let's just, just tell what the lady thought. Yeah. People who have followed the progression of the animation brain trust may remember that I was instructed to dump my girlfriend after she didn't like All Star Superman. That's right. And so, I did so this not. Is apparently, a new girlfriend because you would have listened to us, obviously. No, I didn't. I. I I kept her around and made her watch Superman vs. the Elite. She liked this better than All-Star Superman. She actually mirrored a lot of the comments we made. She was a, a little disappointed by the animation style. She thought it was a little stiff. She liked Lois in this better than Lois in All-Star Superman, which was Christina Hendricks. And she's a big fan of Christina Hendricks. So that was a departure from her, her preconceived notions. And, and overall, she gave it like a three out of five. She likes the more philosophical explorations of who Superman is and what he's about. And I think there were just some animation issues. She's also a huge fan of Tim Daly, and she preferred George Newbern. In, All right, now in, you definitely have to dump her. Well, there's just, there's just I, no getting around it. You're, you're, you're done. Uh, listen, she had... Wow. It was close. We were about to renew her green card, her visa, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, t- I, 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 especially at the end where he uh, has his speech, I kind of missed Tim Daly there. And we all love Tim Daly, but she just, in this instance, thought George Newborn did a better job. Uh, I don't mm. dislike him. I, it took me a long time to get used to his voice. Right. Uh, I agree. Just League show, especially after Tim Daly. But uh, he wasn't bad. It's just Tim Daly is like the voice. And I'm not it's saying not, no one can do it. There's lots of people. I like I like that we 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 don't put up with people who are like it has to be you know with with Batman with with Kevin Conroy. Well, I didn't say it had to be him. I'm just saying. Yeah. He, obviously, Con- Conroy's the best Superman. Doesn't mean no one else can tr- can do it. Conroy's right. the best Superman. That's a departure. Um, but I'm saying yes, he is the best Superman, the best Batman. He's the best all of them. <laughs> remember that episode where you remember that episode of the animated series where Superman pretended to be Batman and yes. he did Called Kevin Conroy's voice. Dark Knights, I believe, or Gotham Knights. Anyway. Uh, I liked it. It was good. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. it it's, yep. a, it's, it's, it's a film you can watch. Like if you like Chris, you've never read the comic, or like or me or Paul, or if you've read the comic recently or, or not. If you are into Superman, if you want to know why Superman's cool, if you have a little little sibling or someone who doesn't understand why Superman's awesome, you can show them this this cartoon. Not that little. They're swearing. Well, it's not that bad. Swearing. This is ass. Double this is a great place to introduce them to swearing. That that kid's heard ass. I would have no problem watching this with a ten year old. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I said double digits. They talk about doing it. Yeah. Who knows what doing it means when you're 10? My girlfriend said the same thing in terms of showing this to children. So apparently we're all on the same page. Yeah. You know, if the ten, you know a, a nine year old could handle it. The, you know, 10 year old I would have no problem with, you know. But uh, no, it was, it was good. It when was, you hear the, uh, dumb, the dumb thing that made me happiest about the movie was that they actually animated the jets. It wasn't those. Uh, oh, yeah. It wasn't the CG jets. It wasn't yeah, the out of place. 
vehicles they usually drop in a CG animated. That's a really yeah. good point. That's I was like, yeah. was, that's some, there was some CG in this, especially in the cars with like Lois getting in and out of cabs in England for whatever reason. And it wasn't I mean, never, so been to England. There are actually CG cars there. Well, yeah. it, it, either way, it wasn't so egregious that I couldn't handle it. I thought that the CG is finally maturing to the point where it doesn't actively detract from the animation happening around it. It doesn't look like somebody dropped a cardboard vehicle on top of my TV while they're... Uh, also, props to DC for having a really crazy extra. And they have they have, they have have Joe Kelly talking about, you know, the book and, and some of the history of the elite. And, and you know, he did, like, the Justice League elite book after, after this book because the... The issue of action comics was so popular so they have that stuff but then they also have this really weird like really ambitious documentary about like superman and the moral questions and politics and stuff and they talk about like guantanamo and it's like and they have some really interesting talking heads on that it's not just like comic people like they actually went <laughs> out there and found some people who know what they're talking about and it's it was one of the most surreal things i've ever watched <laughs> on one of these but it's no. the central wow. question of any superhero, right? I mean, it's again the, in the real world. If someone had these powers, w- would they be able to resist the temptation of just being like, "Fuck it, I'm just taking over"? You guys can't do this yourself. I mean, that's really the question, right? I mean, it's the Doctor Manhattan conundrum. It's the uh, reason why the Authority was interesting. It's it's oh, I mean, we, and we've seen a rash of those comics in the last, you know, uh, in the last decade with you yeah. know, uh, you know, a, a, what a god somewhere mm-hmm. and, uh, yep. and irredeemable. irredeemable. Yeah, it's awful. Uh, what was the one? Uh, oh, the uh, the Somni and it's a great uh, one. Oh my god, what's the name? Of it? Peter Schneeberg. Yeah. Art. Uh, uh, Peter J. Tomasi and then uh, mm. Peter Schneeberg and Chris Somni. It was just called Alpha, wasn't it? No, Alpha was the character name. God damn it. Yeah. Anyway, it's 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 it's. I mean, it's the central it's really, issue of superheroes, yeah. right? I mean, it's. Yep. It's uh, the question. The mighty. The mighty. The mighty. Thank yep. You, yeah. It's it's the whole you know absolute power question, and yeah. that's what. That's what makes Superman Superman is that he he has absolute power, but he is not corrupted by it, and that's why he's Superman. Because at first you go, yeah, why don't, you you would take out those bastards, but then you, yeah. you think that's a slippery slope. I think there's sure. a there's a brief mention of it in the book in the issue on the show because I'm looking at the comic in the movie where. You know, the, the one guy's like, yeah, he should take out everybody we don't like. And he's like, well, what happens when you're the one he doesn't like? I mean, it's, it's it, at a certain point, you know, everyone's going to be in the crosshairs. It's going to be, like, irredeemable. So that's what makes him great. Yeah, and I'm, I'm used to, like, you know, Grant Morrison and Jeff Johns and people like that talking about it on in these kinds of things. But they had, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what their qualifications were, but they were not comic writers. And so it was kind of it was kind of interesting. Um, now, the elephant in the room is the the other... The other big um, extra which I watched, uh, which was the featurette on The Dark Knight Returns, which is the next mm-hmm. version. We're getting a two-part uh, Dark Knight Returns adaptation, so part one comes in the fall of this year. And a w- number of things are great about this featurette. One, great 80s synth pop background music. <laughs> the <whole laughs> yeah, there was. <laughs> which oh, makes boy. me think they're going to really go 80s with this movie. Um, yeah. Okay. Two, Peter Weller is awesome as old Batman. He, that would be cool. He sounds like he's he, he's just broken gravel when he talks. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, he's uh, he sounds like someone with a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, if they if they if they're staying true with the with the '80s motif, which it sounds like they are, they might. That's good. Well, they, you know, I hope they do because you know the Reagan era U.S. is such. I mean, that's what that book is about. I think I think so. I think it changes the whole story if you don't place it in the time. Per- I mean, yeah, it's, it's, but it's such '80s paranoia that runs throughout that entire. Yeah. Story. 
but I, I want to see creepy old Ronald Reagan drawn. <laughs> I, I can't imagine yeah. that's going to happen. Oh, God, that would be awesome. Anyway, that's going to happen. Uh, oh, that would be so freaking the, uh, the the guy, the guy they have The guy they have doing the adaptation, he gave me a lot of confidence. That guy sounds like he really knows what he's doing. And, yeah. you know, he had a lot of insight on the tone of the book and, you know, what Miller was going for. And so, yes, yeah, so I'm... I'm I'm kind of I'm, I'm pretty interested in this one. I'm I'm more terrified for this than any of them because I'm, this is I'm my this is my Batman story. I mean, terrified. I love year one, but this this terrifies me. No, Connor, I'm totally with you because well, I'm I'm not as much terrified for Batman, but I'm terrified for the Superman aspect of Dark Knight Returns because yeah. we've just spent the past however many minutes this gets edited down to talking about how Superman is relevant and cool and awesome. And Dark Knight Returns presents a Superman that is a a complete tool because Frank Miller hates Superman and I hate his depiction of Superman. So I just think it's really interesting that we're going straight from one of the well, most pure and see, I, I think it's a great it's a great that's why comics are awesome, Ryan. It's a great Superman because he basically is takes Superman gross? down that path. <laughs> what, what if he goes that way to be the tool of the government? He wouldn't Which, do that, Connor. Well, this is a this probably is, it's an Elseworlds. According story. to Frank, yeah. Listen, uh, if oh. if nothing else, it has it has Michael McKean. Yes. It has David Selby as Jim Gordon. I like. He sounded great. He sounded really good. He sounded like he was like he was really he's really into it. And uh, come on, we Michael go McKean. from Modern Family as the Robin, who sounded also good. It's, it's just it sounds like it's gonna be a great cast. They didn't show a ton of. They showed a lot of animatics and stuff. They showed a lot of unfinished animation. Yeah, I'm sure people are going nuts thinking that's the finished animation. Like, oh, yeah. no, what is when that? When does this come out, Connor? So the fall 2012 is all these Right, yeah. As, as, as long as Frank Miller isn't directing it, we should be <laughs> all right. Among, among the four of us, who are going to endeavor to reread the book before the movie comes out? I reread it every year, so. Uh, Paul hates it. I don't hate it. I just don't like it at all. That's all. <laughs> I just don't wow. like it. It's just not my thing. It's not. It's I don't know. I I I think he's it's, a big Superman fan. So I, I think it's good. Like yeah, it. and I'm a Superman fan. What about you, Connor? Um, I've actually been thinking about it. Um, uh, I ke- I keep my absolutes out where I can see them, so I, ke- I constantly look over and see them. You the always want to know where they are. Yeah, well, that's that's true. Do you that's know a, where your absolutes yeah. are? <laughs> um, I think I'm going to. I mean, it's been a while since I read it, and uh, watching that the little featurette on it made me want to read it really badly because most of the stuff they showed was actually just panels from the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Chris, maybe Paul, no, no. I, I will oh, revisit. I'll read it. I'll I, read it. I, it's on yeah. my shelf. I don't have the absolute edition. I have the soft cover, but I'll I'll revisit it because it's been a few years. But I won't well, enjoy it certainly. <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna read Dark Knight Strikes again. Wow. That'll be my... Okay. Contribution to well, that's actually going to be the second movie that they make. They're doing yeah, the, the first movie is, is they say is basically leading up to the fight with the mutants, and the th- the, third, <laughs> the second movie is going to be the Joker, and will it be Superman as a bad guy? We'll find out. I'm, I'm not convinced it will be yet. We'll you know, I never oh, really, really thought of him as a bad guy. You know, I, I, it, he's a reluctant to he, the government. He's not happy about what he has to do, but he's still- yeah. But you know, he has a chance to screw. Bruce over in the end, and he doesn't. I mean, he's still Superman, but you know who just... wouldn't do that? Superman. <laughs> Superman wouldn't do that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so so. I, I predict that we will not see Ronald Reagan. We will see a generic president, and then Superman will be in it. But you know, because he ultimately he's still a good I don't guy. Know. I think you might see. I don't know. And we're not going to see Ronald Reagan. There's uh, no way. No uh, way. Uh, so why not? Why not? He's he's Ronald it's Reagan. It's an election year, Connor. Be a president yeah. in a Ronald Reagan mask. You gonna see swastikas? That would be Swastika awesome. Boobs? It would be awesome. Yeah. 
Man, I if think you, we're more likely if to you're see Reagan than Darcy Walskas. You know, screw that. If you're doing Dark Knight, then fucking do Dark Knight. Right. No, if you're gonna if you're gonna go there, don't stop halfway. Do the freaking movie, and it needs to. If it's especially if it's gonna be, you know, of the time, then yeah, then all that stuff needs to be in there because it loses it loses relevance if it's not a part of it. Well, we'll find out in a few months. It looks good from the, what we saw, and uh, and I hope there's a synth pop soundtrack. Which yes. would make it awesome. And Bizarro Ronald Reagan and swastika. <laughs> so we'll Whenever they do come out it does come out, we'll be there as we always are, uh, culminating together for the uh, animated brain trust, and we will be talking about Dark Knight Returns in the fall. Until then, you can read Superman vs. the Elite Paul's review on iFanboy.com. You can also go to iFanboy.com to, to comment about this under this show, talk about what you thought about the film. It was a good film. It's enjoyable. It's a, bit, it's a strong line. The line has not lost any steam despite the loss of these showcase shorts. Yeah, we missed those. Yeah. 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 Sadness. So, until next time, I am Connor. I'm Paul. Chris. And I'm Ryan. It's newly single Ryan. Ladies. <laughs> no, I'm still... No, she wants to see Dark Knight Returns probably. Maybe I have no idea. But yeah. Yeah. I'll make, her, well, I'll make her read Dark Knight Returns. I'll read Dark Knight Returns again. It'll be great. Myself. It's out of blast. It's the only.